Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, in the podcast caravan. I'm joined by my pal, Greg. Hey. <laughs> What's up, man? Oh, you know, um, stuff. Stuff. You things. being you. Me being me. Yeah. Look, uh, I've had some feedback on the podcast and it's, mm. I, should, I should bring a bit more of me into the show. I wholeheartedly agree to that. Yeah, but it's a tricky one because I, wanna, I want to celebrate the guests I have, right? Mm. And so, but less talky-talky, a bit more walky-walky, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, 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 I get that, I get that. I, I think what's interesting is is this idea of you as a host mm. is kind of, it's a bit like an ingredient in a in a, in a a recipe. Right. And so you take, you got your guest, which is kind of this, this ingredient in the recipe that goes and chats to other people, mm. and they're a different ingredient, and you bring those two ingredients together, and the flavour is one thing, and then they come and see you, and you bring a little bit of yourself to them to the to the table, and that combines up, and that tastes uh, a bit different, and it's a flavour that's unique to this conversation. What if I'm a sweetener? It's all right. <laughs> I'm not a good sweetener. <laughs> True that. Just not. Don't have too much. Just, yeah. <laughs> Healthy doses. True that. I've invited Greg along to help me intro today's episode. Uh, this is episode number fifty-two with Brett Jones. Now, Greg, you've known Brett for years and years. A good number of years. Yes. Would you just give us a quick bio on him? Because I've been thinking about it, but I'd like to. It's just awesome that you're here. Okay. Uh, bio, bio, bio. Where do I start? <laughs> Um, young hotshot, up and coming lawyer, um, was uh, making his way up through the ranks of a relatively large uh, legal firm as a family lawyer. Um, had um, I don't I don't know how how personal I can get with this. Well, quite personal because he was quite personal on the podcast. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, married his uh, high school sweetheart. I think high school or well, very you know long term you know person that he wanted uh, turns out uh, she was quite sick uh, turned into a terminal illness long term battle with uh, cancer we talked about that by the way yep. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the meantime uh, despite having uh, a wife who you know it would be very understandable if he stayed in the legal profession uh, to you know make as much money as he could to kind of give his wife as as good of a um, sort of last few years um, with him he made the decision to leave that behind and and follow uh, a call into ministry as a pastor Mm. um, which in itself has been fascinating he um, has done an MBA from Henley over in the UK so he's very well educated uh, managed to win an award for that um, and was in, interviewed by the National Business Review about why he did his uh, MBA around not uh, nonprofit management. So Brett is um, an interesting juxtaposition of very tangible real world experience of uh, grief and um, you know having been a family lawyer. He stood at the coalface, you know, working through um, disagreements and, and people not being able to see eye to eye and wrestle through stuff. Personally, he's worked through um, the loss of his first wife through um, separation, the loss of his second wife through um, her passing away, and brings just a really interest. And, and on top of that, 
Uh, he's incredibly well educated with a law and history degree as well as a theo- mm. theology degree. So um, someone whom I, I respect right, greatly um, and is able to sit in the tension of reconciling quite different worldviews. Well, that's interesting because, you know, I went through you to get him on the podcast, right? Mm. And and part of the reason why is because I'm I'm on my own journey of self-discovery, mm. right? I, I have this feeling that we're removing um, God or whatever that means from everyday life mm-hmm. uh, through people's own personal beliefs or whatever. And I don't get too deep into that because everyone's free to choose what they do. Mm-hmm. However... If you take something away, something fills that void, mm. right? And let's say we take away God as the moral compass. Um, I don't know why I'm doing that. Sorry, <laughs> that's very rude, eh? Moral compass. Um, but but I w- I'm getting the feeling that what's replacing that are corporations. Mm-hmm. So why I asked you to hook me up with Brett was because I, you know, I- even if I'm not sure where I land kind of religiously or faith-wise, I definitely know what I don't want. And I don't want Nike or... Gillette or someone telling me how to act and I'm not saying they're wrong or right yeah I, I don't know actually actually that's a huge conversation and, <laughs> and, and we should talk about that <laughs> more but but what I was interested to explore is well why not if you can get people who have spent a long time thinking about what to do in dark situations mm. on the podcast to do what I say you know we would do is to share ideas through talking mm-hmm. you know so we had an awesome conversation yeah. um, a little apology for those who are watching on the YouTube uh, the cameras weren't working until about halfway through such so as the still shot of us if you're listening on audio no drama at all um, yeah okay well let's jump into this episode Greg thank you no problem for joining I hope you'll come back and and uh, update us because last time we spoke to you I think on episode two yes you were talking about being awesome yes and I want to know where that journey's going we're on it we're on it and it's happening boom um, thanks everybody for yeah being part of this blow my mind journey it's it's blowing my mind because like I've said in episode 50 I thought by 50 episodes I would have an idea of the self-discovery and I'm more confused than I've ever been and it kind of feels like from the feedback I've had from people, that's exactly where I should be, right? Get super confused and kind of keep blowing your mind. I just hope that one day I'll be able to kind of put it back together because I'm a bit worried that I'm blowing it apart every time I have conversations with different ideas that I won't be able to get it back together. So anyway, that's my own stuff I'm working through. Don't panic. Everything's all right. I'm all right. Um it's just an interesting thought I've been having is to make sure I look after me because there is there's something to a comfort of mind you know even if you believe in a wrong idea for you it is a right idea (laughs) enjoy this week's episode with Brett Jones and thank you all for blowing my mind We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming, welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. Okay, here we go. All good, Brett? I should have made you a coffee. It's all right. I'm well coffeed. <laughs> I don't do the day without it. <laughs> Who was I talking to the other day? Um, 
and they were saying they had f- they're on their fourth coffee and I was like wow we don't uh we don't really treat coffee like what it actually is, eh? It's like a drug, yeah. you know, and we charge ourselves up and then head out for the day. Hey, um, Brett, just want to um, thank you for A, coming out at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, um, B, and we've got this weird gorilla's mist thing happening, and I haven't done my lawn, so I've given you the full experience. Now we're in a caravan, and 10 minutes before you arrived, there was a drip of water. That I was hearing. I feel like I'm in the tropics. I feel like we've gone to a whole nother place, so <laughs> yeah. it's good. Well, it's. I'd like to say it's on purpose, but it definitely isn't. My camera gear is not working, so if this podcast ends up somewhere online, you'll just. I don't know what picture you'll see. Maybe just um, either. A, well, speaking of gorillas, probably my big head on the thumbnail. Anyway, it's not just about me. It is also about you. Um, I asked you to come on the podcast. I politely asked you because. I guess this podcast, when I think about it deeply, tries to acknowledge the crisis of meaning. And I I don't even know what that means. I guess it's something like we have to get up in the morning for something. And some days it feels harder than others. So you need to dig a bit deeper. But when it all comes down to it, we are all getting up for something and, and and we are doing something. I'm just not so confident we all know what we're doing and why. And maybe that's just the spoiled brat in me which thinks my generation is different to every other. But maybe that's been how life's been forever. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite, um, it's, it's really just poetry. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's got... Uh, um, part of this poem was used for the song there is a season turn turn that that was made famous um and uh in the middle of this discourse you get this guy who's supposedly this repository of wisdom who's going to tell us how life is going to be and you get to this place and he just goes meaningless (laughs) meaningless it's all meaningless and he's reflecting on that that Mm. sense of futility that comes from you know getting up in the morning hitting the button on the coffee machine in the car to work you do your eight to ten you're home maybe dinner's done when you get home maybe it's not certain amount of time for leisure and then you're in bed and then it's Mm. you're hitting replay again And, and there's a certain sense in which that that does have the capacity to grind us down yeah. when it's, you know, in a sense, divorced from meaning. Mm. I think what you say, a crisis of meaning is a great way of kind of framing that. Right. I mean, but when you say that, like, if you do that every day for seven days, that's quite a feat as well. Like, there is some meaning in um, getting it done. And, and, and I wonder if that's what we celebrate now. We celebrate the grind in this 24-hour world. And, I mean, part of my thought, you know, some things I wanted to ask you is, it's not that we don't want God in our life. It's that maybe there's not enough time because you just, you know, when you're taking stuff in all of the time, when are you supposed to give stuff back out? And yeah. maybe there's not a two-way street, you know? I think I think one of the challenges of... And, and this is just this is our challenge to deal with because mm. every generation True. has a different challenge. You know, you go back a few hundred years, people were living in very subsistence environments. They didn't have real mm. options. Mm. You know, their timetable was based on when the sun went down and when it came up, <laughs> and and there was a certain necessity about production. Otherwise, they wouldn't eat. Mm. And, and so, so, so we're not living in that space, um, but we are living with the same sense of 
um, the urgency of life is kind of crowding in on us. Mm. But and I sense that um, for most of us, if we don't have um, the opportunity for decent reflection, if we don't have the opportunity to actually um, distill meaning from our lives, mm. then it is just the grind. Uh, and so even the grind... It may have a purpose, but it's unacknowledged. Mm. And so we haven't connected it to the grind. Yeah. And so the grind remains the grind. The, you know, I think, I think uh, uh, for us, the, the capacity to reflect, to take time, um, disciplines and rhythms around things like solitude and those kinds of things, I think are really important. Um, if we're going to get distill meaning, if you like, out of... Um, what we might feel like is a groan, but actually could be a hugely mm. um, uh, important part of the, the community that we live in. Yeah. So how do we how do we attribute meaning to what we're already doing? And and if as we reflect, we we get to the point of going, well, you know what, I I'm not sure that I do find meaning in what I'm doing. Well, then how do we reflect on what meaning mm. will look like mm. for us? And what about you know Christchurch? I mean, that means something different now when you just say the word. But I can't help but think, you know, it brute forced meaning into the country. And and I'm not saying good or bad. I mean, Jeepers, light and dark, it is that obvious in this country. You know, there's a there's a, a subconscious effort to keep things positive, to keep things moving, because I think we know, you know, you see into that pit and it ain't pretty, you know? Yeah, I, and I think it... it this thing is, you know, like nothing else mm. um, in our history, and so the horror of it, um, uh, even even the accessibility of the horror, which we've had, you know, for many years now um, through television and then through social media, that mm. that we're able to access horror in a way um, that that we haven't been and there's an overload mm. that comes with that um, a sensory overload if you decide to participate in the horror but then there's the the the, the endless kind of chewing over yeah. of the horror um, and you know I think I think for many organizations that are that are dealing with um, vulnerable populations whether they're people who identify as minorities whether they are students in school settings have really had to grapple with what does it look like for us to have a proper arc of grieving as a nation? Mm. Um, because uh, actually, there has to be uh, there has to be a process by which which we go through. Mm. There has to be some level of grieving, and and that also means that there are, if you like, milestones along the way uh, where we are able to find a level of closure. We're able to find um, a, a way to to act and to change and mm. transition if that's what we decide. But you see, none of that, which is which is what all of us are dealing with. None of that is what the 50 people yes. are dealing with. And none of that is what their families and close friends and workmates are dealing with. And so there is a certain of, sort of, kind of the vicarious experience of horror, mm. um, and, which is not to say that it shouldn't affect us. It should. Um, but it is different um, for those of us that actually aren't experiencing that up, fr- up close and personal. And I feel like it is different because... You know, we do have this kind of global connection now with Twitter and Facebook. Mm. And I mean, 
cheapest those things were pushed to the edge against us you know it's like it's like it's like this evolving thing where we're we're trying to keep up and you can't take your way out of it you know it's like the answer is human and this mm. and and that's challenging right because then you start looking at well their goal uh, being social media was just to keep your eyeballs on screen to sell advertising dollars that's it no one could have ever known yeah and i, and I actually i actually stayed away this week yeah. from social media a little bit uh, just, just in part because i knew that there would be um uh, there would be extremes that would be canvas that that I didn't want to exercise any energy engaging um, in part because um, I think it is an information overload and I think it distracts you uh, often from the things that um, really do matter now I think I just wanted my life this week to be a little kinder um, a little slower a little softer a little more gentle um, I, I think some of the some of the positive uh, elements have been, the people are you're taking the time to smile at the supermarket checkout yeah. um recognizing that it's not just muslim people that perhaps might be feeling um uh, unsafe mm. but but i've got friends who um who would have wouldn't have in the last week identified that their experience as a minority in new zealand is not always pleasant mm. yeah there's a there's a deep reflection that that we have to have um that has nothing to do with what happened in Christchurch, no. that's, that's actually it was already there. Yeah. Um, but this has, I guess, allowed us to have that reflection. Um, so yeah, I, it's like it's like I've, I've had things happen in my life that um, that I wish had never happened. But in a sense, as I've grown through them, I've also I would also say I don't regret in a sense that mm. I had to experience the grief and the horror because it has made me who I am. So you know, I, a week out—it's probably too soon to be having those thoughts about this. But there's no question that already this has shaped mm. people, and yeah, that—that's. It's an astonishing thing to, to be a part of, I think, as and, much and, as it's hor- horrific. And we're so in real time, you know, mm. um, two generations ago, one generation ago, we weren't pondering the idea of let's do this type of content, which is quick turnaround and long form and, and, and g- has a platform for you to, I guess, shine or sink, you know, Cause, because you, you're in the real time. There's no reflection back to... Uh, to read the book or see the film it's like and you might get a few comments on how bad this is today correct but by next week no one will care yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like well ultimately um people talking about things that are happening is probably a good thing uh, whether there's probably an argument whether we should be recording it or not or why isn't it enough that uh we we couldn't just catch up and have a chat mm. i mean maybe we're moving back to that um that's uh, you know probably uh, i've seen a few cafes now saying we don't offer wi-fi it's like these there's a feeling hey eh? it's too much and and uh but you're not able to take the accelerator off you know it's just it's so it's so fun yeah and, and I, look i think i think with social media and that whole that whole engine mm. you know the fuel is in the end commercial interests yeah. But, but any any advertiser um, can only is only is only able to sell the audience mm. if the audience is interested, mm. and so you know, uh, it is it is a um, there is something that's happening for both parties, yeah. and that sense of connection and that sense of immediacy is something that people value, mm. and and that is and and I guess that is a, a valid extension of our humanity. Um, the bit that I think that's um, problematic for us 
is in that it amplifies some things. I think it amplifies uh, our desire to be heard in a way that can be strident and not particularly nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it it amplifies our anger. You know, social media is a very angry place mm-hmm. uh, at times. Um, I think it amplifies our capacity to be distracted. We're carrying on. <laughs> Part of the studio just fell over, and Siri turned on. But it's this is. I feel like we're in the developing world. This is a really. Just, I, I'm almost. I'm almost on vacation with this. Nah, that was a sign, is what that was. There, there we go. <laughs> so, but amplifying our capacity for distraction, um, because sometimes I think, as much as we want to be able to draw meaning from our lives, it's a particularly frightening thing to do. Mm. Because what if I don't? Mm. What what if I go to the well and and there's nothing there? Um, that's a frightening thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that you know I, I, I'm someone. If I smell food, I put on weight. Uh, so I have to exercise. Yeah. So I have a but I have a love hate relationship with exercise. Mm. Um, if I don't exercise, uh, um, I become unhealthy. Um, I don't feel as good. Uh, but I hate the thought of doing it. Yeah. And I think for many of us, this this idea that we might reflect deeply on our lives, that we might seek out solitude, we might seek out you know decent conversation partners at times, these 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 um, methods for, for for reflection, I think that's a bit like that for us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's love hate because we know that it will be good for us. Mm-hmm. We know, but we're a bit afraid that what might be exposed. We're a bit afraid that that might end up being nothing. Um, so, so when you talk about distraction and the amplification of distraction, mm. that feeds right into that uh, because it, it does allow me to put aside the thought uh, that I that I might do some self-reflection, but it gives me the psychological payoff that I am actually doing something important mm. and that I actually am doing something that is developing me. And and I think some of that, the immediacy and the real time and the, you know, the some how many likes did I get and how many comments that all of that is is in some senses replacing that transcendence that can come from those moments of deep reflection and solitude uh, where there is a connection uh, and depending on who you are and how you view the world that connection might be something you experience you know internally Mm. Um, it might be something you experience in community or it may be something more transcendent where you experience that as some some kind of touching of the divine you know that sounds so just logical to me and and i i enjoy logical things you know like i'm a pretty simple person i i I like the idea that there's some inbuilt things like it's good that you love your child when they're born that's an awesome feature you know it's it's good that uh when you love somebody you get a, a feeling that you can't put your finger on but there's this like that's as religious as anything I can think of, mm, mm. you know, like explain what that is. Good luck. It's just a feeling and it's a wicked feeling and it can hurt and all these different things. But, but we're, we're increasingly, uh, and part of the, my own thinking is, you know, the scientific driven world and algorithms and everything that measure, um, the exact, you know, and, and I think the space we're talking is kind of measurements, uh, it's hard to measure, isn't it? Mm. Because they're, I don't know, it's like as soon as you get into that conversation and it's a little bit about feelings and thinking and, and things that you can't grab onto, um, maybe maybe hum, maybe we're still trying to like work that out as humans, you know? What does that mean? I mean, if you think of like a divine plan or, or anything like that, it is pretty out there. Like I was thinking this morning, um, 
um, I changed baby's nappy. And I was like, so what was the deal before nappies? People just pooed and weed and they worked it out. And I'm like, probably. You, you probably need another guest. Because <laughs> <laughs> you ever changed yeah. nappies. <laughs> yeah. I've changed a lot of them. <laughs> wow, but just the concept, you know, like we've invented this thing to catch something. But, but, but you know, you talk about, you know, the idea of loving a child. Mm. And, and, you know, I, humanity is kind of interesting in the way that uniquely in some respects, uh, the, the length of time that parenting occurs with a very vulnerable creature mm. um, is, is elongated compared to the, the rest of nature. And yet, so it's a good question. Well, it's, it's an interesting question. What, what did they do before <laughs> nappies? But the question that's really grabbing me is, uh, what's, the, what's in the design why, what's the design of us as, as, as a species that, what, what does it produce mm. that we have this arc of parenting? Um, you know, my, my oldest is 14 and, and I'm thinking, well, just four years and we can boot him out. <laughs> uh, uh, but the reality is, is, um, you know, I think we work most, most uh, well as family units when actually the extended family continues. Mm. Uh, so so we, you're talking 20, 30 years with this parenting arc yeah. uh, and it changes and it grows. And, uh, but it does start with this very vulnerable life mm. uh, and you literally have the power of life and death because if you decide not to change that nappy or if you decide to withhold food, all of those, it's a very intimate, very delicate, fragile kind of moment. And I wonder what that produces. Mm. Um, what does that produce in us as we uh, are taken from a place where we've been often independent, autonomous, on our own time, on our own clock, and suddenly we're confronted with this this little human being um, that we do have that instinctive connection to and probably just as well mm. um, because otherwise sometimes they wouldn't survive um, <laughs> and, 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 and yet it, it forces us to a place of prioritization um, I mean I think the word that, that captures the, the love that lies behind the feeling would be sacrifice mm. that, it, that actually love is in a sense metal trying to put aside myself to get myself out of the way mm. of how I of how I relate to my world and the people in it and that includes you know my friends and family that's an interesting word sacrifice isn't it because it's it's not in the it's not in the current um, vocabulary I don't hear it well I don't even mm. know what it means you know I think I think it's I think it's an interesting thought process because if you think about Let's say, I mean, I've been astonished by one thing that's happened this week, mm. and, and that is uh, the, the amount of money that has been given through the various online giving portals, mm. you know, for the families uh, of, of, of the Christchurch victims. So, the, you know, for, for Kiwis, we earn our dollar, we pay our tax reluctantly. The thought that I might then give you any of it mm. Um, requires me to go through a, an internal process where I say I'm prepared to go without something in order that you might have something. Mm. I think that's sacrifice. Yes, you're correct. Um, I think that if I'm driving to work and uh, uh, someone lets me in, just a little moment of kindness. Mm. Um, if they let me in, they've they've sacrificed one place in, in the line of traffic. Mm. 
Mm. It's a small sacrifice, but they've, for that moment, put themselves aside. Um, and so, in a sense, this putting ourselves aside for a moment, in big moments and small moments, because not all sacrifice is the same, it, it, it helps us, I think, to say, this is a moment where I got to love. But every time we're able to do it, this is a moment where my capacity to love is increased. So the same question, what does it produce? Mm. The same question when I put my life aside for a child, what does it produce? When I put my, you know, when I let you in, what does it produce? Mm. Well, it's produced a better day for you probably, just a little moment. Um, But in me, it produces something. I have decided to not buy into the kind of daily grind, which is not just grinding me down, but it's about me grinding others down that I might get where I need to be. And I think uh, it's almost like it's almost like the word you think the word means something different until you explain it, eh? Mm. And it's just giving a little bit or going without a little bit, and maybe it's got multiple meanings um, all at the same time. And um, it's interesting for me. It's interesting for me. It's certainly a word that I only tie to, um, you know, like church and things mm. like that. And 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 I don't know why I haven't thought about it more. And and the same with church and, and religion. And mm. I don't know at what point I thought, oh, this isn't for me you know because I definitely don't think that I just think there was a point particularly as I started to um, dabble in this thing of social media where I thought oh I'm starting to see people um, express themselves in in a way that is probably trying to find meaning Mm. but it's probably just being confused with you know just us learning Mm. You know, and and I, now I start to see the the lead being taken in kind of morals by corporate, and I was like, wow! I just never thought. I think I assumed it would always be through, you know, religion, even though I wasn't actively part of it. And so this is why it's a bit of a conundrum for me because I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, I don't know what happens after I die. Yet I'm also saying there's a mystical and magical about having a baby. It's like you can't close a spot for one if you're opening one for the yeah. other or something like that. And we started, you know, talking a little bit about the mm. crisis of meaning and mm. how to, how, and certainty. And, you know, in one sense, we're hardwired with certainty because we have big brains, mm-hmm. you know, and and a part of what, what those brains are trying to do is, is allow us to actually analyze um you know as much you know in terms of historically for safety mm. um but but um as much as we're hardwired for certainty the world doesn't allow us certainty life doesn't allow us certainty mm. and so um you've got a couple of choices i think oh, i th- i think you you just drive for more and more certainty and i think the more you drive for certainty and the more that becomes the goal the more strident you become the less nuanced you become i, I, I Possibly the less likable you become. Mm. Um, so, so what's the other choice? Well, the other choice is to embrace the idea that you can't know everything, and it doesn't mean you surrender um, and 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 stop learning and stop studying life and stop trying to uh, grow. But you you become more comfortable with the thought that there are some things that that aren't about certainty. They they are about mystery. They are things that that I won't always know or understand. Um, and if I try to, then I might miss the moment. I might, I might be so concerned with extracting certainty from the moment that I miss the mystery of the moment. I miss what maybe life is actually um, mm. all about. I, um, 
you know, one of the things that has happened to me in my life um, uh, in early 2000s, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. And so, so I come from a Christian um, uh, worldview, but mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in it. So, right. so you know, it's not, it's not something I inherited. It's something that happened. And, and, and in that Christian worldview, you hope and you pray that God might intervene. But properly understood, you know that that's not always the case. There's no certainty. You can't manipulate and control God into doing what you want. That, that we've, we've, you know, we've tried that. We're still trying it. Um, pretty much that experiment's failed for most people, whatever your belief is. Um, and, and after a two-year journey, she died. But what was the most compelling part of the journey for me in the end? was not that she was healed or not healed. I mean, in a sense, if you, if, you, if you ascribe to the idea that there is a God who wants to intervene in the world and does on, on an agenda that we don't always get, then it was possible that she would be. And yet she wasn't. But what I, what I did see happen in her, and this is the mystery, was that over time she became somebody who was no longer afraid to die. Mm. Now, try to explain that. Mm. Try to make sense of that. Um, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, isn't that the real miracle? Mm -hmm. That, you know, that there was a place of peace and comfort and closure and and just the settled nature of her life that, um, that she was not in fear. Now, what did that what did that produce? What did that produce that she could live without fear? It produced this woman who spent all her time looking after all the family and friends who were around her who could not deal with the fact that she was going to die. Right. So this lack of fear produced this this selfless love. So her last days were caring for other people. Hmm. Well, you know, that's a mystery to me that someone can be in that space. And I got to see it up close and personal. Mm. Still a mystery. We are all, I think, hardwired for significance as well. You right. know? So we want certainty, but we all want, so want significance. Mm. You know, I think we want to matter. We want to count. And, and, you know, that's a really interesting journey because uh, when I've had an experience recently where um, I applied for something, I didn't get it. And, you know, I sort of thought, oh, is this it? Yeah, is this, is this, is this it? Uh, probably, am, I, am I now pretty much doing what I'm doing and I'm doing that for the rest of my life? You know, I'm 50. <laughs> is this it? Yeah. Um, and, and if what I'm doing now is all I do, is is that enough? Uh, I don't know. I, was, I think it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty pretty happy with that. Um, uh, but, you know, when, we, when we're looking for significance and we find ourselves jostling other people mm-hmm. in order that, that w- then this is where the, that's where the love and sacrifice but might be a, a corrective um but I, but i do think we're all we're all searching for significance and um you know for me um the goal of my christian faith is is congruent with that 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 uh that significance can be a part of my experience but not significance that's at the expense of others mm. but significance where i actually discover um who i am and who I was created to be. So I have, you know, my faith, I have a, the idea of that I'm a created person and, and that, and there's something valuable about me Mm. because God decided 
to create me mm. and he's not created me to be the king of the world it's not it's not that i that i might finish with the most toys and and therefore i'm the winner mm. um but he has created me to be a person that that has significance and and learns to sacrifice and learns to love and that maybe that's what it looks like mm. you know a fully realized humanity living without fear so that I'm freed to love, mm. um, and so for me that that is that those are all really congruent thoughts um, that that those things can can be stitched together, and and so I have a sense of certainty about the tribe, if you like, but it's not about being in the tribe. Mm. Be- but but I think that's so tempting. I think I think for Christians and for people of any religion or non-religion, um, it's tempting to be a part of the tribe because we do want that meaning, we want that sense of connection, we want that belonging, and so we'll settle for the tribe, we'll settle for the label hmm. when there's actually something beyond that. That that is what we really need. I feel like also the people talking about um, the people talking about tribes up. Oh, <laughs> maybe it's the majority like me who aren't defined where they belong so you end up talking about tribes the whole time yeah instead of just getting on with and it. everyone who's in the tribe is going what's this talk yeah. about tribes <laughs> we're all just doing our thing we know you know we know it we know what's going on yeah it's interesting man and i like i like to talk about it you know i think that um Lots of people are maybe not that keen to talk about that stuff, but I think that's exactly why we should, you know, because, again, we go back to that meaning thing. You've got to get through the best part of 80 years and, you know, you can kind of battle and suffer or you can mm-hmm. uh, I mean I'm injured at the moment I'm telling you that because I'm training for a half marathon yeah, yeah. and I had a weird kind of thought the other day that most of the time is suffering while you're running for training you know for what like two or three hours of this goal of more suffering yeah exactly and so the whole thing I was thinking wow that's a really weird thing that you're just sweating and panting for hundreds of kilometers on end trying to just do that that's the goal but but maybe maybe the goal really is yes maybe the goal really is mm-hmm. the health and the life <laughs> you're experiencing yeah um but because you're like me you actually need a go get him kind of goal i need yeah. something tangible i need something that i'm, I'm shooting for uh, because if it's just about health man i'll have another pie mm-hmm. um, you know but if it's about achieving that goal well i'll, I'll shoot for that <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true uh, you mentioned um something and, and i hope it's okay saying you said um from atheist to christian now what is what, was it really like that you yeah. You were just saying. I mean, what did you believe? So, so I didn't. Gr- I didn't grow up in the church. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm not one of those people that has a kind of a you know a, a blueprint yeah. that I just put aside. Mm. Um, oh, I had a little bit of exposure um, to it, um, but but not not anything that that's significant. And so I grew up with as a person um, who really didn't have any need for God. Uh, intellectually I had no there was, yeah. there was nothing compelling about that but, but probably probably most um, importantly for me was I had no internal sort of compass that was saying you, there's something missing mm. um, and I was pretty happy that it was that it was me and I was the centre center of things and um, but, but as, I, as I got into university um, 
you sort of, you know, I think you, you're starting to grow up. Um, you're starting to wrestle with some of the things we're talking about today. And um, I, I began to identify a, uh, a crisis of meaning. You know, what what, what was my purpose? Mm. And and I, I was just a bit sick of the whole, um, uh, you know, you, you do your work week or you do your study week and, and then you get pissed so that you can basically score chicks and <laughs> after the rugby, after the first 15 game, you know. And that was, that was pretty much, you know, that was, it was no crisis of meaning. I knew exactly what I was mm. after. And, but, but I guess I, I just wasn't, um, it wasn't connecting at a deeper level. So that's, it wasn't a spiritual experience per se, mm. but it was a crisis of meaning. And um, so I, I, I did this thing uh, where I, I, uh, I, I gave God seven days to prove himself. Really? Yeah, really. And so it's this, this is a bizarre moment in my parents, you know, 70s decor toilet in Howick. <laughs> and uh, the atheist praying to the God that he doesn't believe in. You know, for that moment, I was just agnostic for just a moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, I went through this week where I deliberately exposed myself to... Um, Christian ideas and teaching and, and grappled with it and heard some speakers and like got, got, you know, got into it and I gave it my best shot and, and um, there were things about Christian faith that I really liked. Like, like there is an elegance to the idea um, and this is really a unique idea to Christian faith. There's an elegance to the idea that God would physically manifest uh, and put himself at risk in, in human life and that in the end I don't know if you know, this. I hope it's not a spoiler. Uh, and then he gets it, mm. you know, he dies. Mm. And I'm just like, man, that, if I was going to invent a religion, that is such a good twist, you know. Mm. I, so there were, And I love the social conscience. I love the people. I met some really nice people. There was so much I loved about it. But here's a problem. Here was the problem for me. I had no ability to believe intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, and, and I felt like I didn't have any spiritual side, you know. So it was a physical impossibility to believe. So I gave up. I decided that I was done yeah. at day six. True. At day six, I gave up. And so I went to bed that night, and um, I have to admit, it was a bit of a weight off, you know, because, I, yeah, I probably <laughs> tried too hard. It was a weird experience. And when I woke up in the morning, I woke up with a subjective experience that God was in the world and that I could now experience him for the first time. The most bizarre thing that's ever happened in my life. Can't explain it. Um, you know, I thought through it over, over the years. Was I brainwashed? You know, mm. am I mentally unwell? Was I sort of hypnotized? Mm. Or, I don't have a better explanation than that God did something. Yeah. Um, but it didn't matter that he did it. it uh, you know, it wasn't about saying, oh, God did it, therefore there is a God. It was actually that I was experiencing this connection mm. to the divine that I'd never experienced before. And I, and the previous six days had proved that I had no ability to influence it. True. And, and I think that what happened was, and this is just my story, and I think God deals with us in different ways. What, what happened was is, I stopped trying and I gave up and I stopped trying to have certainty and I stopped trying to be significant and I mm -hmm. just went, can't do it. And I think that in the end, that putting myself aside from the process is what God needed me to do. And when I think about the journey of becoming a person that is able to love more, that's what he still needs me to do. Mm. I still need to get out of the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, 
quite a bizarre experience, but changed my life mm. um, and really reset the direction of it. And 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 life up until that point was very normal. You know what I mean? Like, because because you know, here's this ironic thing about the person you're talking to right now is uh, we mentioned a little bit that mum and dad and everyone worked hard to give me this good life i also had older brothers and sisters by 11 years who kind of like if you imagine they they carved out the path for me so i didn't have to deal with any of the things that you know like trauma for example that's something i only dealt with as an adult Mm. and it was a unique experience for me because that was the first time um, i had to deal with this really heavy thing but i didn't look back on anything i was dealing with it as an adult and so what I what what that produces is a is a person who sits here and says, I I never had to really um, ask anything, right? And so why I ask you that was well, what was that? I haven't had one of those moments mm. where I said I'm prepared to give it all up mm. because I never have had to. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh no, that's not true. I've had to, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, as as a young as a as a young kid growing up, um, my dad was unwell mm. for a lot of our life, um, which meant we just changed our family life a little. But but man, we grew up in Howick. Yeah. We we're all right. Yeah. Uh, we did we, we did okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that there was anything. Just if someone was listening, you know, because I yeah. try and break things down, and I don't yeah. want to give people the. F- I like talking about it like we're, I feel like we're talking about something tangible, right? Yeah. And you said I, I like the idea that I'm created. I mean, you physically are created because you were born too. You mm. were created. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. mystery and magical and yeah. Like we still can't do that with all our science. So it's like. Well, I, I mean, one of my little one of my heroes is um, our guy Francis Collins, mm. um, Human Genome Project. He's the leader and right. you know pretty much the architect of a doctor and geneticist. You know, brain the size of a planet. Mm. You know. And, and um, he, he's fascinating because he, he was like me. He was an atheist. But he wasn't some... I mean, I think of myself more as a subjective atheist that I had no connection to the divine. Mm. And so why would I? Mm. For him, he was an intellectual atheist like and really hardcore because he was this scientist. Didn't grow up in a Christian home or anything like that. So he had no background. It wasn't important to him. And um, he got confronted by a patient um, one day. Uh, in hospital, who basically confronted him about um, who this patient was terminal, was dying, and and so confronted him about the fact that this person had certainty about what they were doing, you know, but he didn't, mm. and um, and he said, oh, you know, I, I don't pay any attention to that sort of stuff. It's not true, and then because he's a very rational, logical person, he thought, well, hang on, I really have no intellectual basis for that. So he went on this journey of trying to discover. You know, and, and let's be honest. His hypothesis was it's not true. Mm. So we went on this journey to prove that hypothesis. Well, by the end of it, he'd become a Christian, mm. <laughs> and um, be on the basis of reason and logic. And and what he says, um, going back to your point, that the miracle of just being born, mm. he he said, you know, the flower's not the miracle, um, as much as it is miraculous because it is amazing and complex in the way it's put together. But we understand a flower. We can, you know, he's a scientist. Science can tell me the how of the flower, but but what it can't tell me is the why of the flower. Yeah, and and he said the in his his point of view, and you know, he's 
way more <laughs> qualified than me to say this, which is why I find his point of view interesting. He said, what's most um, miraculous is that the universe exists at all. Like the, the, the parameters for life to exist are so narrow that it's it's almost a miracle you know mm. that's really what he's saying yeah. that and, and so in that sense you know i think it all fl- follows from that a eh? that you know a, a child we experience that child as a miracle um but it actually is mm. as well um mm. yeah no man that's i was trying to think about um I was listening, but I was thinking back to nappies, and I was trying to work out how I tie this in. So it's something like uh, nappies. I gotta be careful here. Okay, <laughs> real time. Work it out well. Okay, so nappies. You're gonna poo and wee regardless. So you're gonna believe regardless. Nappies catches the poo and wee, but if it wasn't there, you'd still. Um, I'm not saying nappies are like Christian or faith, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just working this out. This is a man in front of another man trying to work it out. Talking about nappies. But if the nappies weren't there, you'd still be pooing a wing. So you'd still be believing. You'd still be believing in something. And I guess that's my, that's what I'm working out. You know, if I'm not, say, traditionally part of one, let's say I'm not part of Christianity, right? Mm maybe I can still believe, you know, in mystery and, and those things. And when you talk like that, it makes me think galvanizes my feeling that I do. You know, actually, even if I can't put a a name to something, um, I would like to think that um, I, I do believe in those sentiments, but maybe then the danger is without proper, without a proper way to kind of frame it up, I might be open to you know, um, making the wrong conclusions, for example. Yeah, I, I think I think we are hardwired to yep. believe. You know, that's what I believe now. Yep. I wouldn't have said that in the first twenty years of my life, but 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 I th- I think we are, and I think you're right. I think we will. We're all looking to create frameworks of meaning, mm. and we're trying to position ourselves and locate ourselves within those. Um, and some of us do that in ways that are you know more. Um, clearly spiritual mm. and some don't some do it you know in terms of meaning um, supporting my football team or yeah. you know being a part of an organization there are lots of different ways we do it um, but 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 I guess the question is what do you do with that fact that you're hardwired yeah. you know and I, and I think that's where we come full circle well sometimes I don't want to go there so I'll distract myself mm. um, or I'll substitute a different kind of meaning for uh, so so I won't be thinking about the health goal. I'll be thinking about yeah. the marathon. Um, it's just gone up, by the way, to a marathon. <laughs> yeah. um, or, or the promotion or um, the toys. Mm. You know, there's different ways that we yeah. measure yeah. Um, that. So you need to have some way to to understand what's happening, eh? And I guess yeah. that's where the faith comes in. It gives you um, yeah. our mutual friend, Greg Buckley. He loves to say bullet casing and mm. something like that, mm-hmm, eh? Mm-hmm. It gives you that framework to... And you see, otherwise I think you, you just swim in um, without knowing really where you're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, for example, um, some people would look at Christian faith and say, well, that's about rule keeping and morality. Um, I'm like, if it, oh man, sorry, oh, I need a new one because <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it's about that at all. Mm. I would say it's 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 only about um, do I love God more and do I love others more? Mm. So it's this, this issue: am I being shaped for love or am I not? And in order for me to be shaped for love, I got to get out of the way of, of myself. 
Um, getting out of your own way is just our world's not built for that right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think I think it's about it is about saying, as I did. I mean, I took a shortcut. I just decided to do seven days. I got lucky. Um, <laughs> but I think it is about it's about deciding and deciding again. And I still decide. I still decide to learn. I still decide to grow. Mm. Um, but I'm I am doing it within a certain framework and a certain worldview that I find that I find um, you know brings me meaning. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, and 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 for for Christian people, um, it does it does come back um, to the the object of sacrifice which was jesus so that that i mean that that's actually the bit that that makes i think a lot of faiths and a lot of um you know ways of thinking about spirituality a lot of them you know have really similar um uh, uh processes but but the and the reason they do is because we're hardwired mm. i think to believe so we're all trying to make meaning of this and we're all trying to make meaning of the of the, of how we connect to our world and the universe um I think the Christian distinctive, if you like, is is this idea that God actually got his hands dirty. That God decided, ah, oh, man, it's a bit hypocritical if I if I ask them to sacrifice, if I ask them to get out of their own way, if I ask them to, to, to learn to love, if I don't give them a real flesh and blood example. So yeah. I'm going to give them an example um, that's really hardcore. And so he gets executed on a Roman cross you know as a really a act of political and religious hate um and yet this this act of terror you know in in in, in roman colonies you would see street roads just mm. lined with people executed on crosses yeah um just yeah. saying you've got a mosquito on your forehead <laughs> We are in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you, but I don't want to leave with a yeah, yeah. Be sac- that's my sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, and that—that's so, so. He does this thing, which is he get, he gets out of God gets out of his own way, mm. and he dies, and and so we get yeah. So from the Christian worldview, that's the picture of sacrifice. That's that's the picture of love. You you've got a God that gets out of his own way, yeah. um, which is you know mind blowing because mm. why would he you know it's kind of like seriously it's not in the job description you yeah, know true right? and uh, yeah so that that's 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 where these thoughts kind of come together for mm. me and that, that 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 that's why sacrifice and love is at the heart of it on your seventh day when you woke up different yeah because that's the moment i normally ask people what's your mind-blowing moment it sounds like that's your mind-blowing moment absolutely what did like family think I think they wondered what had overcome some kind of religious fanatic. <laughs> I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened. In, I'll tell you what happened the first morning. You know, for a start, I, I experienced the world in a different way. So I wear glasses, right, mm. and have done uh, from uh, right around that time actually. And the first time I wore glasses, um, I put them on for the first time, and I was like, I didn't realise. I didn't realize there was so much definition <laughs> in True, the world. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I, I, I know about leaves on trees, but I've kind of just saw them as a, as a, this, this man. And so there was that sense of just, you know, mind blowing, boom, this is what it's really like. Mm. And, um, but I think with family, um, I think, I think mostly what was compelling was, um, was, was I getting out of my own way mm. or was I, 
being you know a bit of a turkey about it yeah you know and and i think i think um i was young and i was sometimes a bit brash um but by and large i think most of most of the family over over time have realized that it has actually recentered my whole life mm. and and that's that's what's most compelling to people is you know are, are, you, are you talking the talk or are you walking it and, Wow, man, that's uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. It's 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 fun to chat about this because um, there'll be a lot of people like me who are listening and they're just not sure what the next mm. step is, you know. And it's something like all I can do, as I've said to myself, talk to as many people as you can, and that's probably just a good thing in general. You know, you absolutely. Know? Just talk, and then and then when you're ready, it, it you know you can form your worldview. But I'm even comfortable with the fact that you may not ever find it, you know, or or even if you think you found it, it's like life's so huge, everything's so huge that um, that's part of the journey is to just keep keep well, looking. We started with the poem, <laughs> yeah, you know, meaningless, meaningless. That's actually in the Bible, mm. <laughs> you know. So the the sacred text mm. that Christians hold on to has has this guy who's given us wisdom mm. who says, you know what you're going to find a lot of your life meaningless yeah. and that's the human that's the human experience mm. but are you going to leave it there because there is there is more to it yeah man but but yeah I, I, I find that it's one of my favourite parts of the Bible awesome <laughs> Brett it's been awesome chatting with you thank yeah, you man. for Thanks. coming to the jungle that mozzie's found its way to your neck you're going to leave here with welts and <sighs> my, my wife will be like yeah. what were you really doing why have you got a hickey on your neck <laughs> Well, I was in this caravan with cameras and... <laughs> in the jungle. Of, yeah. Um, do I, uh, any other things I wanted to ask you? No, I feel like... Uh, look, I just feel very hopeful. Um, I know that we need a bit of hope in this time. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about if you could just share something that you... Uh, I mean, maybe you already have, you know, simply logging off social media for a while, maybe um, a little bit hopeful. Um what can you do to sacrifice in small ways today? I like those little bits of things that, um, you know, maybe the word sacrifice, you think it means something so big when it might just mean letting that person in the road, eh? That's mm. probably not a bad, those little things. And then um, the other thing I was thinking is uh, at work the other day, we, like 200 people got together and just, talked or not talked but we reflected mm -hmm. on what's been happening and be around people you know it's probably not a bad thing so mm -hmm. can come down to church and just sit in even if it's you know it feels a bit awkward for someone who who doesn't really go to church eh? yeah, it's yeah. probably not a bad thing in these times right that practical Absolutely. thing is that if you're just feeling lonely or something we, like we that. opened up our space on the weekend True. and um and uh we had people just just show up just just to connect yeah um and and we talked about it, mm. you know. We didn't hide from it, and we talked about what, what it's going to mean. But we also we also um, we took the time, you know, to do something that we don't do very well um, mm. in our culture. We took time to lament, just took the time to be sad. Mm. Um, and people brought flowers and lit candles, and you know, I, th I think yeah. And sometimes doing that together is is a part of the journey, eh? So yeah, man. That's it was awesome. good. Well, thank you again for joining us. And, um, yeah, hopefully it's one of many conversations. Yeah. Which we can... I'll try and have better examples than nappies. I can't believe I... How dare I relate anything to nappies? Very important nappies. They catch the crap. All right. See you next time. Thanks, bro. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh, good conversation with Brett. want to thank him again for joining us on the podcast. Uh, the bit of audio you're about to hear... 
is uh, my kids doing a, um, they thought, they came to me and they said, Dad, we want to do a, um, what's one of those things you do? A parody of I, I See Fire by, um, what's his name? Greg, you're still here in the studio. Ed, Ed, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. yeah, yeah. And But they were like, um, I See Pie. <laughs> so they wrote a whole song about like, I hope you don't forget the cheese. I see pie. Anyway. I see pie. It's quite nice, isn't it? Uh, Greg, thanks for joining me again in the studio. Anytime, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening, watching. Please share the podcast, subscribe to iTunes, all of that cool stuff. And take it away, my two young men singing I see pie. Oh, the smell of pie down below. Make sure it doesn't get too cold And my taste buds are starting to unfold I can't stop eating, it's so yum to burn it's literally on a fire watch the pie fly high into my mouth calling out for the pie mints or anything oh what's the cheese colliding with the mints inside hot If the pie gets cold, we'll eat it anyway. It's a crispy pie with the pastry on the outside. Calling out for the pie, steak and cheese. Oh, the cheese colliding with the steak inside. Watch the pie fly high. Now I see pie Inside the oven I see pie On the table And I see pie On the tray And I see pie Coming to me And I hope they don't forget Cheese. Oh, should the pie fall over? I'll cry in sadness. Daydreaming about the pie. In school, I start to drool. Calling out for the cake. Butter cream Watch the cake fall over The table side And then I began to cry We're done, Dad!